We're live. We're live. Brilliant. Hello, everyone. Hello. And welcome to another quick brew, the smaller sister of our strong tea. Um, as ever, it's myself and my lovely co-host Katie. Hello. Oh, that was my cue. Sorry, I nearly missed it. I nearly missed it. I'm like, I'm sat here smiling away. Yes, that's me. She's talking about. But hi, hi everybody. <laughs> We're a well-oiled machine, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> brilliant. So yeah, these quick brews. It's just myself and Katie without a guest. If you'd like to hear our versions with guests, that's your strong tea you're after. But these ones are a shorter version, um, still with some punchy topics to talk about. Um, and yeah, they can get quite lively. So Katie, before we begin, what are you drinking today? Well, because I think um, today's episode is going to be particularly lively, I have gone for a Twinings in a Peace tea, Ooh. which is sweet vanilla and fig, is it Rubish? Roybus? Roybus? I don't know how they say it. <laughs> ah. smells really nice smells really vanilla-y whether it actually tastes that way but I'm hoping it's going to give me zen so I don't get myself too but I do want to get hyped up about this because this is an exciting <laughs> topic but what are you drinking funnily enough I'm I'm drinking uh, nutmeg and vanilla mm-hmm. again that's the calming combination because I have a feeling this is going to get quite boiled <laughs> yes yeah and it's we should point out it's not because we have differing images and and oh, opinions no. when it comes to this topic it's just because it's quite a hot topic um mm. I don't want to even say now it's been a hot topic for a long long time so without further ado we're going to jump in so the topic we're discussing today is all about body image and body weight Mm-hmm. Now, before we get into some statistics, Vicky, what's your thoughts personally about your body image and your body weight? Like, how do you see yourself? So I've always had a bit of a struggle with my body weight. It doesn't help that I'm five foot two. So any degree of weight that comes on, I just end up looking more of a, what's the, what's the Hobbit called? Fro- uh, Sam, you know, the, the wider one. Oh, that's a bit harsh. Well, that's kind of how I see it. It's, it's so, yeah, I've kind of always struggled because as a kid, I was very chunky. I was a large child. Um, and then in my teenage years, it was a bit of puppy fat. And then really, I started to get super self-conscious, probably in my 20s. Um, now that I'm in my 40s, yeah, it's, it still bothers me, but probably less so. What bothers me is people's expectations of body image. And mm-hmm. that's what annoys me more. What What about yourself? Um, similar, actually. Um, I got picked on in school um, because of my weight, and I I was never, I was never fat, you know, like hugely obese or anything. But I carried a bit of extra weight. You know what bullies are like? They would just pick mm. on the first thing they can think of, yeah. and I wore glasses. Obviously, I had some spots because you know you're a kid, you get spots. So spotty, specky and fat. Um, But the fat thing really stuck with me and I really struggled for years and years about it. Um, And I, you know, I I did a lot of, a lot of dieting, a lot of Mm -hmm. fad stuff, trying to get it sorted. But what really struck me is I was in a relationship with a guy and probably about three and a half years into our relationship 
bearing in mind, we both got very comfortable. We both put on weight, but he turned around one day and said, do you know what? You got quite fat. You could <gasps> do with losing some. Yeah, I know. Gasp. Uh- <laughs> wow. And at the time I didn't think, I didn't turn around and go, how dare you screw you get out of my life. Mm. Um, I was just like, oh my God, as someone who I've trusted for so long mm-hmm. to suddenly be able to pop out and say that and make me feel so bad about it, that actually it really crushed me. And as a result, ever since then, I've been incredibly self-conscious in relationships because I'm always thinking, do they think I'm fat? I wonder mm. if they think I'm fat. I wonder if they think I put on weight. Um, and it's, it's continued throughout my life. So even now at the ripe old age of 37 I think I'm 37 yeah I'm 37 um 37 <laughs> and a half um I still view myself not as a hobbit but as a weeble a weeble it, it's remember, close to a hobbit though. Remember I remember the weebles, the weebles. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah yeah you can't push them over yeah because they are rotund yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but I have I have become a lot more aware I guess of my body image and what that means and I've I've put a lot of time and effort into making myself healthy yeah. And it's become less about trying to be an idyllic skinny person because mm. you know, I don't think I'm built to be skinny. Mm. You know, and I, some people are, some people aren't. And I don't think I'm a built to be big, but, you know, as a sort of average size or size 12 type person, you know, I know what that means. And I'd much rather go, oh, you know, well, I, I want to be healthy and I want to feel comfortable yeah. with my clothes rather than be like, I want to be six stone you know? Yeah. I think that shift in thinking happened to me as well. Cause when I got into my thirties, I got really into exercise. You know, I was running 10 Ks. I was going to the gym pretty much every day. Um, it started, I started my love with netball and I just, you know, I, I got really into being fit. And so I saw strong is better than skinny. Yeah. And that was the mantra that I had in my head, strong, not skinny, strong, not skinny. And then it just became more of a, well, okay, how can I look more toned? How can I look a bit more muscly? How can I? And so my body image from my own expectations changed. And I think that was maybe a healthier change in the right direction, still not completely healthy, but, you know, I think it was a better way to go than sticking down the, I need to be skinny. Cause much like you, I tried diets of all sorts. And I know we've got a quick brew about diets in a few weeks, but you know, just that constant pressure of, you know, these icons in the media of, you know, oh my gosh, look at her body and mm. oh, I should look like that. And, you know, magazines selling because they're relaying the secrets of how these celebrities got so skinny. And of course you'd, you'd read it and you think, oh, I want to look like that. And yeah, I'm a child of the eighties. So I completely fell into that era of those mm. magazines and that pressure completely. Yeah. And this, I know we're going to come on to it in a bit, but the what the sort of media side of things has got so much to answer mm. for, hasn't it? Because yeah. you've got things like Heat magazine, which is saying, you know, how to lose five stone in half an hour. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> and it's like, you know, it doesn't ever really look at women and say, well, you know, she's a healthy weight. You know, you know, it's like, oh, so and so just had a baby. Look how they let themselves go. And it's like, hold on a minute, you know, and I kind of feel like these magazines, which are predominantly written by women, Mm -hmm. aren't really supporting women. No. You know, and I think Dove does a great job with its campaigns about diversity and, you know, 
all women looking good and celebrating all bodies because we're mm. not all designed to be you know seven foot and like six stone you know you're mm. like I'm fi- you're five foot two I'm five foot one and a half yeah so you're beating me so I'm yeah. a bit jealous because the half <laughs> makes an awful lot of difference um but you know it's 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 hard you've got to think what well, it's harder for pe- yeah. shorter people because as soon as they put on a little bit you know <laughs> It, it stands out so but why should we even be worried about it standing out and that's that's what I want to get into today is that kind of why does it matter and like you said there have been some fantastic campaigns this girl can was an absolutely stonking one that was a brilliant campaign and um, showing all women you know getting up and getting out there and it doesn't matter what you look like because you're doing more than the person you think is you know looking better than you I, and I loved that. And Nike did a brilliant one as well. Um, I won't mention the brand, but the Are You Beach Body Ready? Those are the ones because it feeds off insecurity. The whole body management, the body weight industry. Okay, that's a sweeping statement. I will retract that. A lot <laughs> of the body weight industry kind of feeds off that insecurity. And you get a lot of money from feeding off insecurity because you yeah. can, people buy you into can, it, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want to feel, you know, safe in your insecurity because it just confirms what you believe. You know, if I believe I've still got massive hips and thighs, I'm going to look at people, you know, with slim, slender thighs and hips and wish that I can get that and have a look at how I can get it. And it's yeah. it's that kind of feeding in and tapping into that psychological insecurity that mm-hmm. is going to continue, and um, particularly for women who, you know, we oh, it's going to get deep now. We're pretty much told that that is what we should do. We we need to look after our bodies and make them look good. Yeah, which is which is odd because, and I, I know, like, I knew this was going to go off on a tangent. Sorry. No, 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 it's fine. It's, it's good. Um, But, you know, like, people look back, and I see things being shared on social media, like pictures of Marilyn Monroe. Mm. Now, Marilyn Monroe was sort of size 12 to 14. She had curves in all the right places. She was busty. She was blonde. She was gorgeous. And you occasionally get guys sharing that saying, I don't want a skinny woman. I want a real woman. And you think, oh, God, but do they? And I, I see stuff like that. And I think, mm, yeah, but do they really think like that? Do guys really think mm. I want a real woman or do they want that stick thin, model, perfect, beautiful woman? And it's it plagues my my conscience every single day. Every single day, I look in the mirror and think, "Oh, I don't like that." Mm. Oh, you know, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel confident. Mm. And I could probably count the number of times on one hand in every year that I've gone. Do you know what? I feel really comfortable, com- confident today. I look mm. really good. I'm really happy with the way that I look. Mm. And you think that's less than five times in one year that one person looks in the mirror and goes, "Oh, yeah." I'm really happy with that today yeah and why are we so hard on ourselves yeah and there's definitely a stigma as well with uh pre and post baby bodies so no matter no matter what size you were before if you were skinny normal or you know on the larger side it, it doesn't matter but the, the stigma attached to after you've had a baby as well because your body does change the reality is it it, it does change and so coming to terms with our ever-changing bodies as women and we're still expected to uphold a standard. Yeah. Yeah. That bugs me. Like, oh, I can fit back into my pre-baby jeans. Well, okay. 
But, you know, I know we talked about this on another one of our strong teas with Alex, but about how the dad body, mm. the dad bod is celebrated and how Leo got himself on the beach and he, you know, put on a little bit of weight, but still looked great. And everyone was like, whoa, he's really fit. You know, no one ever says that about a woman after she's had a baby. They don't say, wow, those stretch marks show what that woman has been through. That C-section scar, you know, shows that woman is a trooper, you know, oh, you know, her stomach muscles have gone because of all that stretching and then a C-section. It's not seen as, wow, let's celebrate that. This woman is a warrior. It's like, oh, you know, you need, you know, lose that baby fat, lose that. Mm. You know, you just think, hold on a minute. My body's just gone through the biggest, you know, guys are over Mm. there. Their bodies don't change at all during pregnancy. I mean, you know, Neil's changed a bit during my pregnancy because um, I wanted to eat pasta all the time. So I forced him to eat pasta, Uh, (laughs) which uh, meant his body did change a little bit. But it was more about the fact that guys don't physically do anything during pregnancy and their bodies get celebrated because they're a dad bod. Whereas women who go through all that change are not viewed like that. And I find that really difficult to stomach actually i saw an advert the other day and this this bugged me and it was what you can wear in your 40s and it was this lady stood there and she had a crop top on with kind of like leggings and there was a big cross like you should not wear this in your 40s you should wear this and it pretty much covered up everything it was like a long top and it looked very sophisticated don't get me wrong very nice but that kind of stuff that is supposed to empower women does not empower women. It doesn't. And particularly, as you've said, with the mum bod, how does that make people feel that you are now restricting how people express themselves through clothes because they either had children or because they they just the body type they are? <laughs> I just couldn't believe oh, it. That's it. Who was it. What was it advertising? Clothes. It was oh, a clothes, clothes shop. Right. It was a clothes shop. You know, I, I could no longer wear a crop top in public because the police will come and arrest me. <laughs> they, they will ask for your ID and yeah. take you away. Yeah. I, it's, but it, then you think about all this propaganda and you think, well, hold on a minute. What, how, how is that right for them to tell me mm. what I do and don't feel comfortable in? Like, I don't um, conform to, you know, buying the latest fashions. I buy what I like and I buy what I think suits me, but it's not necessarily, oh, you know, this has just come out and it's in Zara Mm. or, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, I found this in Next or wherever. I really like it. I'm going to buy it because it suits me. But there are, you know, I, I have friends who go out and buy the latest clothes and it costs them a fortune. And then they're like, well, you know, we're, you know, then we're in a new season. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> yeah. It's well, it's how we're being fed into. And you know, hmm. we've all got this big outrage at the moment about how and this is not going to go off on a tangent, however. But what I will say is that what Putin is doing to Russia and telling all of those people, you know, what he wants them to hear and not allowing them to hear anything else. You know, you think about what the media is doing to us here. 
and saying, you can't do this. You should look like that. And because it's coming across in quite such a subtle way, mm. not many people see that. Not many people see it as this forced propaganda that's being pushed down our throats mm. that you must look like this. You must dress like this. Your body must conform to these standards. Mm. It's just not, it, it's just not on. No. And it's funny, that whole public shaming element of it, of you don't conform to this, in 2009, this is funny. Are you ready for this? And it's horrific. It's absolutely horrific. In 2009, Fitness First, we're doing um, a launch um, and completely did their rebranding and, and did some, some stunts to try and promote their gyms. And the Dutch Fitness First decided to advertise on a bus shelter. So what they did is the seats at the bus stop, when you sat on it, it weighed you and your weight flashed up on the bus shelter. <laughs> So everyone could see how much you weighed. That's outrageous. I know. I'm laughing because it's just, why? <laughs> like who, who in their right minds thought, yes, this is an excellent That's marketing campaign. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. do this. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. And it is, you're right. It is the shaming element of it, isn't it? It's yeah. that, you know, oh, everybody look how much this person weighs. Mm. But we had this discussion the other day off the mics and we were talking about how actually two people can be completely different statures. They could weigh the same. Mm. One could be, could look bigger, essentially be healthier. Yeah. So it's not all down to the weight that you are. Yeah. And And that's, that's what's not fed in. It's it's all about how you look. It's very aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It's very driven by that. It's not like, and I'm not saying, as because again, a lot of these things I'm saying are very sweeping statements, but there are people that do promote, you know, the mum bod and the proudness mm-hmm. behind that. And there are people that do push, you know, health over weight. But the majority when you look at what's out there and you're mm. watching a TV program like Love Island, I don't watch it, but everyone on there is beautiful. They're all size six and tiny and, you know, perfect looking. And you think, oh, you know, the, the audience that watches that are young, mm. impressionable people. I, mean, well, mm. I, I know women in their you know, 40s and 50s and that, that watch it. But, you know, you think about how people are viewing that. Yeah. It's not pushing behind anything going, oh, you know, well, she works out two times a day and, you know, eats all her broccoli, (laughs) you know, so she's actually really slim, but she's really healthy. It's just the fact that she looks great. Mm. And, you know, it's the guys as well. So, you know, let's not just, you know, Mm. talk about women, but... I yeah. just it it feels like we are in a society where we are constantly getting pummeled from every direction. Who was it? Was it Hollister or American Apparel? I can't remember, so I I won't tag tag it. Oh no, it was it was um, Abercrombie and Fitch. They got um, called out because I think that it was almost like an attract <laughs> attractive recruitment policy yeah. where people they were recruiting in had to adhere to a certain aesthetic standard. Yeah. And I don't know if that's still in force. I, I mean, it's highly 
discriminatory in the highest order but you do go into these shops like that and you do just look around and you think I do not fit in here but the irony is Hollister jeans are the only ones that fit me because my legs are too short Uh, they do hobbit sizes you see so um (laughs) hobbit hobbit jeans great hobbit jeans I think they're supposed to be cut-offs actually but they fit me fine (laughs) from the children's section (laughs) (laughs) but as you were saying with the whole kind of you can be skinny fat or fat healthy you know or super skinny healthy it's all these things are kind of, um, they blow the theory, and I am calling it a theory, the BMI completely out the window. Because um, I know when I said to you about doing the research, I did my BMI. And, oh my God, it's, it's just, so my BMI, my ideal weight is between seven stone three and nine stone 10. Um, so I, I went down... I, I was quite poorly a, a few years ago and I went down to about seven stone, two or three. So on the cusp, I didn't, I was not healthy. I was weak all the time. I was, it was not a healthy way. I looked awful. Um, and it, ju- as I said, it just wasn't healthy. So BMI on where, where I did that test, it, it just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, to- I totally get it. I've any time I've ever been in a doctor's and they've got that chart out, they're like, mm, you're overweight. Mm. I'm like, well, and considering we're almost the same height, so that sort of fits in for where I should be as well. Mm. Now, I am um, uh, top heavy, shall we? Shall we coin it as that? Um, I have a rather large chest, which has come genetically through my family. Um, and, you know, I probably, my boobs probably weigh a stone, you know. <laughs> might be a bit dramatic but you know it's it's a big weighty part of me Mm. and I'm really proud of my boobs I don't look at them and go oh my god you know oh I've got fat boobs or anything you know it's it's part of me it's part of my body it's part of who I am Mm. um so it's not really taking into account you know where you hold the weight and your stature and all of that Mm. sort of side of things so I just don't really feel I, f- I feel like it's an incredibly archaic form of um you know looking at someone's telling someone what they should weigh because yeah. like you say you could have gone right down to the bottom end of that scale and looked really really unhealthy and you were only at that bottom end of the scale because you weren't eating and because you were poorly mm. so you know really I, 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 d- I just don't understand how it's still a it's still used mm. Because they use it in schools. Yeah. So as I said, I'm a child of the 80s. And it was quite, I don't know if it was rare or if it just happened to me. But I remember one day coming home from school. Or was I playing outside? I can't remember. And I was with a friend. And my mum was stood there with a letter. And she, she opened it. And it was from the school basically saying that they had weighed me. And I was overweight and so needed to go on a diet and needed to lose weight. Now, I couldn't have been any older than 10 or 11. I must have been about 10. It it was in primary school. And yeah, just looking back now, I mean, that stuck with me for the rest of my life. Because once, once you're a chunky kid, you're kind of... Yeah, that, that kind of image or inner child, that kind of stays with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but to have some, the, you know, the education fact, you know, sector 
officially write saying, you know, your child's a fatty, you know, get her to lose some weight. It was, and maybe my mum could have handled it better, whatever. I don't blame her in the slightest um, because fact is, you know, but when I got to my teens, it ended up being puppy fat and it came off anyway. But the fact that it was addressed in that way mm-hmm. was quite alarming. I, yeah. I, I, and again, it's like that almost shaming, isn't it? Because it didn't yeah. come across like, you know, actually, you know, our primary target here is health and making sure your child is healthy. Because I think I didn't learn about body health and what impact my weight had on me until much later in my life and you know all the excuse this but all the crap that they teach you in schools algebra might be useful to about four percent of the population but no one ever talked to me about you know budgeting my money or the impacts of um you know the media on body image Mm. and what's important in health and what you know what what you're putting into your body now I know we didn't have social media when we were in schools but there was still magazines there was still Mm. you know tv pop stars all of that and there was a very still a very certain image that was coming off that and you think think of all the things that they could be teaching in schools Mm. and I don't know if they do that now so if you're a teacher and you're teaching it please tell me because that's great but you know you think these people these kids are growing up and I'm going to read out some statistics which you might find interesting you might not I don't know so this is an inquiry that was done by the house of commons and it's an inquiry into body image and this was carried out over um from the years 2019 to 2021 so it's nice and recent and there's been about 8,000 responses Mm -hmm. and the survey found that 61 percent of adults and 66% of children filled in this um, survey feel negative or very negative about their body image. Now that's oh, that's huge. Yeah. And it and they they then broke it down from the adults into that was 62% of women said that they felt very negative, 50%, 57% of non-binary, and 53% of men. So you you normally think, oh. don't you, that it's predominantly women yeah yeah but I think as time has moved on the whole body image thing is impacting men oh yeah I mean as well yeah yeah pulling the feminist alarm you know alarm alarm but that toxic masculinity stuff of course that's going to have an impact on men with you know alpha male with six packs and beards and that's going to have an impact on what how men perceive what an ideal partner would would want from them do you see what I mean yeah and I found this this next bit even more alarming which was no transgender respondents felt very positive about their body image and only one percent of cisgender did so eight thousand people are asked this question and only one percent of those people said yes I feel really positive about my body image one percent it's ridiculous, isn't it? I'd love to speak to that 1% and just learn how... What the trick is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it a trick or is it just a change of mindset? Or is it just shutting out what pe- what is constantly hammered at you? Is it, you know, because kids don't... You know, my toddler doesn't care what she... I mean, 
crikey she she went to her um daycare in a bat girl suit the other day you know and 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 you just think that they don't have this preconceived notion of what they should look like what is appropriate what is suitable how they should look yeah and I truly believe that obviously with social stigma and social conformity we're told what we need to look like how our bodies should look yeah and as much as I want to protect her against that particularly as being a girl I just yeah I want to know the trick as to how to either shut that bombardment out or you know because I very much doubt cavemen were looking at each other going oh Bob's got a bit chunky oh you know I very much doubt that happened gone up an extra size in his loincloth (laughs) yeah Yeah, you're right where did it where and it is I think a lot of it is media based Mm. so I feel like I'm really smashing the media today but I it it, it I'm gonna smash the patriarchy in a minute Yeah. yeah no that's fine um so when it says, uh, when considering who was most at risk of developing poor body image, we heard that body dissatisfaction and eating disorders are experienced disproportionately by some groups. These include early ad- adolescents, including children as young as five years old, and mainly women and girls when compared with men and boys. And you just think mm. children as young as five are developing eating disorders and negative images about the way that they look. That's crazy. That's Five years old. You should be out playing. Well, no, kids don't play in the street anymore. They do. They play on PlayStations and stuff. But, you know, <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. at what point? Because I I look back at and you're probably quite similar. I look back at when I was a teenager and what I used to dress like and blue eyeshadow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah blue yeah. eyeshadow. Yeah. And um, crimpers. Yeah. Crimpers, yeah 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 packet yeah. of dyes packet of hair dyes that are kind of one wash oh oh yes yeah all yeah. the spray in spray yeah in spray in, in. Yeah. yeah so I had you know I was just living my best life and I didn't really start to feel impacted apart from the sort of bullying side of things where I I, I did get self-conscious mm. but I feel like when I I grew up, if you like, that was sort of about the age of 14, 15, where I started to take a bit more care of my appearance and pay a bit more attention about what I wore and stuff like that. You look at girls of sort of 12, 13 now, and you see contouring. I'm 37, I can't contour now. (laughs) And no, before anyone messages in saying YouTube video, I don't have the time for that. I'm not wearing blue eyeshadow anymore and therefore I have progressed (laughs) however you know and it feels like kids are growing up much quicker and much sooner they're maturing at a much younger age and that's where that thing is terrifying about people at the age of five years old kids at the age of five are developing this negative body image that's terrifying so it's it is a robbing of innocence is that kind of where you're coming from where like the body image and the expectations is is kind of stealing away the innocent childhood like the the going out in a Batgirl costume or just going to Tesco's with just knickers and a long sleeve top with a tail you know it's just that kind of innocence of I don't care because there's 
no expectation and so yeah it I'm I'm trying not to say it but I think I'm going to say it anyway do you think body image and sexuality is kind of is linked in what sense okay so when um women are told to conform to a beauty standard of like let's say our Kim Kardashians with the big bum you know she is a sexy figure it's you know it could be considered provocative it's attractive it's seen as attractive so attraction is obviously around the sexual as well as just kind of aesthetically pleasing so it might be a tenuous link but do you think that there is kind of a load behind body weight and body image with that conformity of not only to look attractive but to look sexually attractive yeah yeah massively and and, you know I was looking at something the other day which was like um it was an article on something like BuzzFeed and it was like something that people in who grew up in the 90s will fully appreciate this and it was a picture of the Spice Girls and um they were all using like really old school computers um and they were in the AOL offices uh, in America and they were all dressed like you know obviously you know how the Spice Girls all dressed you know they all had their very individual look and they were mm. attractive but they weren't overly sexualized mm. you know and obviously guys still found them very attractive women still wanted to be them but it wasn't that you know oh, I've got to wear a leather cat suit which is what it feels like now when you see people like Kim Kardashian wearing the cutout dresses and the huge bums and everything is skin tight, tight fitting. Mm. It feels like we are moving into an era of, yeah, it's everything is very sexualized. It kind mm. of feels that way. And I don't know if that's just because I've got older and I've started to see a change yeah. or if things have changed. But I think they have looking back at people like Bewitched, and yeah. all saints and stuff. Double and denim. Yes, <laughs> yes. Some people look like me, dad. That one, yeah. Um, but you know, the, the whole, the whole like all saints, they mm. were wearing like cargo pants and vest tops, and Britney Spears. Yes, of course, there was a schoolgirl outfit, and you know that set hormones raging across <laughs> um, everywhere. Um, for for guys and girls but mm-hmm. you know you looked at her sometimes when she would be out on the red carpet with NSYNC and she'd be wearing a cardigan yeah you know over some cargo pants with a with like a little crop top on and you're just like she still looked her age she still looked innocent she still had that you know whereas now you look at people on the red carpet and you're like you're basically wearing a piece of foil over your <laughs> boobs that is it um and yeah it's it's what's being pushed as to it's almost like the extremes isn't it yeah and I think what what can you get away with yeah and I think I'm not ashamed to say there is a kind of a hypocrisy in what we're saying because I think for me in particular when I look at girls and I see what they're wearing and I think yeah you go girl you know and it annoys me when you know, if if um, a girl's been attacked because of what she's wearing, or she was wearing a short skirt, it's like well, she should be able to wear whatever the truff she wants. To yeah. be honest, it yeah. shouldn't it shouldn't be that just because someone's wearing a short skirt or the shape of their body, whether they've got big breasts or they're petite, or it do- it doesn't matter what their body shape is, they shouldn't be 
attacked or and so there's almost kind of it the hypocrisy I think we've got is that we're saying that people are dressing more provocatively this day you know today and so on and yet we're judging them but then we're also saying but they should be able to wear yeah I, I, I totally I totally get where you're coming from because it does feel like a, a double-edged sword if that's what it's called um and you know I do think well if I felt a bit more comfortable mm. in my body would I wear things that are slightly more sexualized and I think well I don't know if I would because I also don't feel like I have anything to prove to anyone else yeah and um, I think yeah that's the power it's how we have been I want to say institutionalized that's probably not the word but how we've been brought up to view body image and react to body image mm-hmm. you know if we see a woman in a two-piece walking down the street you know we'd already have thoughts that have been planted you know my toddler would probably wouldn't even think twice she'd probably strip off and try and join her um but you know it's my but we would have these in these thoughts that have been planted in our head for years and years and years and years um and even in europe things are different you know we're so traditionally british that you know we have fully clothed saunas and beaches whereas you know you go to germany and places like that and it's you know naked saunas naked spas it's you know it's and it's it's fine it just is yeah yeah I can't remember where where I was um it's the first time I went to Barcelona and their nudist beach is Mm. part of the main beach it's just a section and Mm. you'll be walking along with people in swimsuits and stuff and then all of a sudden everybody's naked and you're like (laughs) oh my god you know and it's you know you do I have got the utmost respect for people like that and I think that's the thing People who go to nudist beaches and things like that, they just have this level of confidence where they get, they they literally let everything hang out and they don't care. And especially in something like that, which isn't a private little beach, Mm. this is a main part of Barcelona that you walk past and everybody is naked and everyone's looking, you know, and they just don't care. Thousands of people walking past, they don't care. And I'm looking at them and I'm thinking... Wow, because you're talking all body shapes, sizes, types, everything. And I, like you, you're talking about what's the what's the trick? How how do you get how do you get to that point where you're so you're so comfortable that you're just like, I don't care what people think, I'm just gonna let it mm. all hang out. If I wear something that's slightly tight fitting, I'm like, God, everyone's gonna look at me, everyone's gonna look and think I look fat, everyone's gonna say this. Gonna say... In reality, no, they're probably not. But I feel so self-conscious and I, I would love a day where I was just like, do you know what? I just have this burst of confidence just to know what it feels like. Mm. Because some people, and like we, you know, it sounds like we're slating the Kardashians, but, you know, they go out there, they look great. It's just how the media portrays them, mm. I think, in that sexualized manner and, you know, having the big bum is the iconic body image. It's not Mm. Kim Kardashian looks fantastic. And if you want to look like that, that's great. But if you also don't want to look like that, that's also fine. It's like Kim Kardashian is the sexiest, most iconic woman alive, you know, according to whichever magazine of the week it is. But, you know, and it's it's how that's then portrayed and Mm. pushed down people's throats as to, that's where the propaganda comes from. I don't think we're saying these women shouldn't wear that or these women shouldn't 
dress like that and they shouldn't look like that. It's how it's then changed from a woman wearing a dress to you need to be a size four. Mm. I think that's how I, that's how I perceive it anyway. There's a woman in a dress. All women should look like her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to throw some more stats your way. If you're ready for them. Oh yeah. Um, So the impact of negative body image. So um, again, 8,000 people um, shared ways in which negative body image impacts their lives. And these included low self-esteem, lack of confidence, mental health conditions such as depression, anxiety, and body dysmorphic disorder, eating disorders and disordered eating, um, suicide ideation and self-harm, risky behaviors such as smoking, high-risk drinking, and substance misuse, reduced quality of life on markers of psychological well-being, use of anabolic steroids, particularly in men, and medication to lose weight. You know, that's an awful lot things to be dealing with because someone has I'm not saying everyone who has negative body image does all those things but think about that impact that that all those things are having on society and on those people it's that's terrifying it's massive yeah yeah it really is I've I've got more stats I could go on all day um (laughs) Poor body image is associated with weight-based health problems such as eating disorders and obesity, as well as mental health problems, including anxiety and depression. Over a third of 13 to 19-year-olds have stopped eating or restricted their diets as a result of negative body image. See, that's what's worrying. Have you got that um, by gender at all? Um, Not in this section of the report. It's not on the page I printed out, sorry. No, 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 not (laughs) Hey, you must do better. <laughs> yes, I know. Check back in for more feedback later. <laughs> but I would, I, and I know we've got um, the episode with Alex and we do talk about body weight and image from a male perspective as well, but it's, I would be really interested to see the, the, the gender split as well. And obviously uh, with trans folk and so on, there's obviously a whole, cat, you know, that there's a whole ream of other issues around there which I, I think for today we won't touch on those I think yeah. we'll just you know we'll keep it binary for male and female for now but it's I think with men in particular as we were saying with the dad bod and so on there is a, a higher there's and again another sweeping statement I would imagine there is now a higher percentage of men, boys, teenagers within that age bracket that are going to the gym more, that are spending more money on beauty products for men. That Because, you know, I don't know about you, but when I was younger, there certainly wasn't the, I mean, there was links. Links Africa. And what was the um, Old Spice and Imperial Leather and you oh, know, I'm just getting was... into the old man fragrances. I think mean, it was just links, wasn't it? And oh, impulsive yeah, girls. older than you. <laughs> but you know the the industry over time over decades has just kind of boomed and you know men have now got you know can you imagine in the 80s men going to get particular facials done that they can now and that's not a slight you know self-care and you know is really Mm -hmm. important yeah um and how you feel comfortable and healthy is down to each individual so it's not a slight at all but what i'm saying is the impact of having that advertised so heavily and that this this is what you should be doing you know, you should be going to the gym this many times. You should have a six pack. You should look like this. You should be able to grow a beard. You should, you know, surely on 
the male perspective that has got to have increased over that time as well yeah I mean I would, I would imagine so I, I I mean again like we talked about the weight over health and looking a certain yeah. way you know where is the media that's pushing you know male males and females you know and you know non-binary etc but everyone to say you know actually this you know you don't have to be a certain weight to be healthy mm. but you know you should you should exercise regularly and that might be totally different for one person than it is yeah. for someone else and you know diets are not healthy it's mm. a lifestyle you should be eating all the right things you know it's like and again we've got the one coming up on diet where we talk about all the different things but you know cutting out a complete food group is mm. not healthy even yeah. if it means you lose a stone in like two weeks mm. it's not the right way of going about things and I think something you know this this report actually talks about how you know the through what's seen from the impact of the media needs to be changed and yeah how um, media outlets need to be, take more responsibility and show more mm. diversity and more inclusivity. Mm. And I think that is happening slightly, but it's taking much longer than it should. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, you know, this isn't one to go into now because it could be a whole episode in itself, but able-bodied individuals are, you know, they're all over advertising. It's very rare that you get adverts for, you know, disabled folk and, you know, people who you know have have lost limbs or have got yeah. hidden disabilities you know those kind of things of that image that kind of body image is just yeah it's it's just not there yeah yeah and that that leads on to what this next point says which says the prevalence of stereotypes in media and advertising based on appearance including race age weight visible differences in sexual identity can perpetuate significant health and social inequalities. Mm -hmm. Studies have shown that viewing media promoting cosmetic surgery results in increased body, uh, body dissatisfaction and that exclusively promoted thin, white or gendered appearance ideals is detrimental to positive body image. So it's saying that everything is very stereotyped and yeah. it's having such a negative impact and you know we talked about I know it's different because it's sexuality but we talked about when we had the discussion about bisexuality mm. with you in April and you both said you know from an early age there was very limited representation mm. of bisexuality in the media and therefore that created a, a slightly harder path for you both mm -hmm. to sort of understand what it was you were feeling and mm. well, yes I like that but I like that so am I that or am I not and I think it's the same for the people that don't find themselves represented whether they're you know disabled or you mm. know of a different ethnicity you know there's not enough diversification yeah. in what's shown is there and that's across that's across everything that's not just saying weight mm -hmm. loss but 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 body image is so it's such a diverse topic mm just not got the diversification inside no. it I don't think it's very much stay in your lane yes very much so very much so this um this next right this will this will blow your brain right <laughs> and I know we're doing one on com cosmetic surgery but I thought it's worth mentioning now because it's talking about body image and body positivity but 
the the study found that during the pandemic, the so-called Zoom boom, I didn't know that was a thing, but Zoom boom, Zoom boom, in which demand for cosmetic surgery increased 70% in the UK, reportedly due to people spending more time observing themselves whilst video conferencing. Never. Yes. How mental is that? Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something about weight gain in lockdown or something like that. I was not expecting that. That's why I didn't tell you these beforehand. You see, I like that natural reaction. Oh my days. <laughs> and it, it, following on from that, it says Girl Guiding UK found that the bombardment of perfectly, perfectly perfected images in the media every single day takes its toll. And it found that 45% of 11 to 16 year olds who are females regularly use apps or filters to make themselves look slimmer or different. Oh, that makes me feel ill. I know. I know. And there are so many now, aren't there? So many filters. Apparently Zoom's got one where it softens your features and makes you look slimmer. I'm like, I haven't found that yet. I think I've got the one that softens my features because I definitely know I've got wrinkles there that aren't showing up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the opposite. I I tend to look better on Zoom. So, and that's pretty awful. So, you know, (laughs) just sitting in the dark, we can't see you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's pretty pretty depressing. Depressing statistic, isn't it? Because there was a whole thing about, um, was it? No, it couldn't have been Instagram. But there were certain um, companies that were refusing to allow a filter app to change the appearance on their advertising. I can't remember who right. it was. Yeah, I've made no sense there. But yeah, it, there was basically a ban on using filters. I think, I think there are, because there are women that on Instagram, and I'm, again, it's the whole more power to user stuff because... I think it's amazing that people do this to show, you know, what a filter can do and it's how different they look before and after. And this isn't just facially. This is like women that are in bikinis and have used an app on their phone, not Photoshop, not gone into big software that's cost loads and loads of money. They have literally taken an app and it has slimmed them right down. It's removed all the cellulite. It's made their bum look nice and smooth. And, you know, when you just see that perfect picture up there without the before shot, Mm -hmm. you just look and think, oh, my God, she looks so good. I wish I looked like that, you know. And again, it it pushes you back because you're envious of how someone else Mm -hmm. looks. But seeing that before and after, you know, and women taking photos from different angles and saying, this is me wearing, you know, my underwear. And this Mm. is taken from this angle and this is taken from this angle and slightly different lighting and slightly different, you know, posture. And they can go from being a size 12 to being a size four. Mm. And it's great that they are promoting the whole ethos of, you know, you can look like whatever you want if you Mm. you put a filter on. And it's, I read something on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, which said, Let's hope none of these people that are overly filtered on Instagram don't go missing because if they do, they'd never get recognized from their actual, <laughs> actual image. Sometimes I do have friends that filter massively and I, you know, I've been, I've been guilty of it in the past, but I don't tend to do all the editing. I just slap mm. a different 
sort of shade on it. I just think, oh God, I'm looking a bit pasty. Black and white, black and white. It's classy. Um, <laughs> so I you find know, it more depressing when I do that because I know I don't actually look like that. So I'm the complete, I'm almost the opposite in that I don't want to filter on because it's it's not a true reflection of me. So I'd rather feel like crap with how I actually look <laughs> or just not put the photo on. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's depressing because it's sending out an expectation that I can't fulfill in person, which sounds a bit bizarre, right? That sounds no, I, I do. I do understand that. Um, and I think, yeah, I think, I, I think that's relatable. Um, that's why I don't use all the blemish removing ones and the slimming mm. down ones. Cause I think, well, that's not for me um mm. and also I don't have an awful lot of patience to sit there and filter my face um mm. but I know what you mean but also you know to our social media and how some people's you you know some people and you look at their social media and would think oh god they got the perfect life but then you mm. know them and you know what's going yeah. on behind closed doors yeah. and it's that whole and I know we've gone completely off topic with body image and stuff now but it's that presenting to the world that everything's okay mm. everything's great everything's perfect and I think what you're doing is actually a very pure way of doing it because it's mm. it's very honest it's very relatable um and I don't think many people are brave enough to do that and me being one of them sometimes it's interesting I don't think you've gone off piste at all with that because I think from our discussion and you know my the thinking that I'm doing is that these people are presenting their bodies for voyeurism for us to have a look at and to be impressed for them to feel good about themselves because they're getting the likes because you know they're they're you know they've got other people finding them attractive self-validation self-validation exactly but much like the people on the beach in Barcelona it is none of our business it is none of our business how someone looks do you see what I mean but we have created that society we have created it yeah it's crazy isn't it yeah we could be talking about this until next Tuesday honestly this this could go on and I I think what we've got coming up we've got a couple of really good chats haven't we with Mm -hmm. diet and also cosmetic enhancements that we're Mm -hmm. going to be talking about and I think we're going to touch on all of this again I think it's again going to be a very engaging conversation so yeah um I'm going to leave you with uh, the final thought of the day I think you should I think you should like Springer's final thought I think you should wrap it up me with a final thought yeah oh crikey I was waiting for you I was like oh what's our final thought gonna be it's gonna be really good and now it's gonna be really bad um yeah I think it just goes back to that it's none of our business and it's kind of it's so cliche that you've just got to be comfortable in your own skin and so hypocritical coming bearing in mind what we've just talked about on our own insecurities and our own body image um but I think what sticks in my mind most is the people that look to me for influence or people who see me you know in social media I think remember those people I remember that what you present how you feel how you look what you say that does have an impact on other people so be aware of your own projections about your body image and what you put out there about body image as well yeah for sure that's a great final thought you're better than Jerry better than Jerry Springer and I'm just gonna say if anyone does feel if you are in that 1% who feels very comfortable in your body image, 
please get in touch because I would love to know honestly and I and I think it would be a really interesting chat to have a conversation with someone that is actually like do you know what I love my body and I'm really happy with it because I would love a piece of that I really would and it's it's not to judge it's a genuine yeah how have you navigated absolutely (laughs) absolutely please tell us because we would love that anyway (laughs) it has been an absolute delight chatting with you today Vicky as always as always yeah and and you and you yeah and the stats what a queen yeah Um, I'm going to save these pages for you that have been highlighted because I know you enjoy some statistics oh I do put those to one side for you for next time lovely thank you everyone for listening thank you for listening and we will see you next week with more strong tea bye bye